the technical is there. We're going to just start again and I'm going to do a proper introduction. And now I know what the article contains a bit more as well. So it'll be smoother. Okay. Did I need to keep it like open? Because I, I kind of closed it. Uh, it yeah, just keep it open. Keep it okay, open. I'll just make sure I'm still on. Sorry. It's okay. We'll start 30 seconds. So. Hello, this is my primary research. Um, I decided to do an interview and I chose one of my best friends. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name's Ben and I am a student at Concert Academy 64. Yep, so I've known Ben for ages since practically and Ben was free and I pestered him all day and we've just been working through loads of technical difficulties. Um, but finally we're here, which is a podcast app and I'm pretty much going to talk to him about coronavirus. So Ben, what would you say you know about coronavirus? Just a brief summary. You don't need to be spot on about it, just off your head. What do you think? Um, coronavirus originated in Wuhan, China and some key symptoms are Loss of taste and smell, a continuous cough, and headaches. Yep. I mean, that all sounds uh, like it's been uh, told to me on the news for the past three or four months. Been everywhere. So I've got this list. We're not going to uh, act like you haven't heard about it before. Um, it's on scientific.com, and the writing is from Tanya Lewis. I uh, wrote about this in a secondary research report, so all credit goes to Tanya Lewis here, who I'm quoting directly on a couple of things, especially the headlines, which are myths. At first, I thought these were all conspiracies. A couple of them are, but they're actually just myths. Some of it's about, you know, what's happened um, with the transmission, some of the things, actual conspiracy theories, and information about COVID. So we're going to start from the top here. This is the first myth that the novel coronavirus was engineered in a lab in China. So, Ben, if you hear that statement, what are you thinking? Um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen reports. There was this woman that said she had evidence, but nothing's been confirmed, so it's just, just really rumours if it did originate from a, from a lab. Yep, so there's a... I mean, there's been talk that it's been a bioweapon. Personally, I, I mean, I don't buy that, but... Then again, <laughs> nobody really knows. I would hope not. Yeah. So the second myth is that wealthy elites intentionally spread the virus to win power and profit. So pretty much uh, a woman, Judy Mikovits, she she was talking about chronic fatigue syndrome. She, she made a study. She's now retracted it. And pretty much she said that it's a conspiracy for, for Bill Gates wanting to make more money and get more power. Now, personally, I think he's got a lot of money and uh, a lot of power already. Um, I'm pretty sure he does help with vaccines, but you don't want to talk to the anti-vaxxers about that because otherwise we're going to get in a heated debate, which I don't really want. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to uh, stay, Ben, you're not an anti-vaxxer and you don't believe that Bill Gates is uh, trying to rule the world or anything. No, uh, I think vaccines do work and... I think there's loads of evidence that prove they do work. And I don't think Bill Gates wants to rule the world. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. So the third myth is COVID-19 is no worse than the flu. Now, we said in the last recording, I said this is subjective. 
because if you're old or if you've got a, a really bad illness already or uh, some disease in the past, that COVID-19 is obviously going to be way worse than the flu. But if you're perfectly healthy, it shouldn't be worse than the flu. There's quite a few unhealthy people around. They are. And the statistics do say that COVID-19 is worse than the flu because the deaths, I mean, the mountain up, I think we're at something like 42,000 now in the UK. Yeah, somewhere else. It's crazy. So, <laughs> myth four. I don't know what you think about this, Ben. You don't need to wear a mask. Um. Well... In sixth form, we have to wear a mask uh, yeah. all the time. Uh, all the shops you go around, you need to wear a mask. So I, I believe masks do help stop the transmission of coronavirus. I think they do as well. I think it's pretty simple. But of course, you know, and they'll just, you know, the conspiracy theorists will go and look at anything. And if there's, a, if there's any possibility any inclination that you might not need to wear a mask, they're going to go for it. Again, I'm trying to be impartial here, but I'm just trying to create discussion. Obviously, we might find something out ourselves. I've got plenty more to <laughs> So the fifth myth is hydroxychloroquine. I got that right the first time in this recording. I like, well I like done. before. It's an effective treatment. Now, I remember I asked you this. Saying this, seeing Trump, I think he was at a conference or something, he's been interviewed and he told people that he'd already taken it. Now, yep. Trump said he'd, uh, it was it was a miracle drug and he continues to hype the drug. However, pretty much there's there's been lots of debunking and long story short, it's uh, there's been quite a few bad side effects. Um, and I'm reading here that it says a Houston, Texas-based physician who has uh, also claimed that doctors had used alien DNA treatments and that demons cause certain medical conditions by having sex with people in their dreams was claiming hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment for COVID-19. <laughs> I think all, doesn't it? Yep, that is very, very extreme. I would not like to be on that waiting list. <laughs> no, I don't think I would be as well. <laughs> so the sixth myth test led to increased transmission. Now this is quite topical, obviously, and also it's you start to see a bit of an opinion by the Scientific American because it claims that obviously some of these gatherings across the world were massive. For the right reasons, but the, you know, there's a lot of people there. Now everyone's going to be practicing social distancing. It's pretty hard to. You're wearing masks, yes, but at the same time, if if you're if you're wanting to get infected, stand in a big crowd. Yep. It says it says here that because the demonstrations happened outdoors, where the risk of transmission is much lower. And that many protesters wore masks likely prevented super spreading events. But that's super spreading, that's different from spreading. So they are admitting that spreading happened. 
but they're, they're saying that, uh, Tanya's saying that bars and restaurants reopened, you know, and there's been plenty of cases in bars and restaurants, even here, even in concert, there has been. So I think that one's a bit of a, a bit of a miss because I think pretty, uh, infections can happen pretty much anywhere. Yeah, agreed. I agree with that one. So we're on the seventh myth now. Spikes in cases are because of increased testing. And it says here that Trump has frequently claimed that these are merely to the result of more people being tested. He has tweeted that without Twitter, uh, pardon me, I need to go in, I need to get the quotation marks here. I missed that out. And then I said twist instead of testing. <laughs> we will be showing almost no cases. That's a close quotation. I think that's uh I'm trying I'm trying not to be biased here, but I think that's a pretty stupid thing to say. Views that the reason they appear to have gone up is because of increased testing. Well, I think you could say that at the very start, at the very start of the outbreak, more people get tested, more cases. But now there's so many tests going up. It's been yeah. that long. I think it's you can't really say that anymore. And there's there's been some there's been some uh, the R rate the rate and in many states in America with big outbreaks such as Texas and Florida, while it's decreased in those that have controlled their outbreaks such as New York, indicating that the national increase in positive tests reflects a true increase in cases. So that it's balanced rather than a spike. And the eighth myth is we can achieve herd immunity by letting the virus spread through the population. Do you remember herd immunity? That might ring I do. I remember, I remember, I think Boris Johnson mentioned this. I wasn't sure if it was his go-to plan to help stop coronavirus, but it was definitely, it was definitely an idea that was floating around. Uh-huh. It says here, experts estimate that roughly 60 to 70 70% of people would need to get COVID-19 to achieve herd immunity. And given the relatively high mortality rate of the disease, letting it infect that many individuals could lead to millions of deaths. That tragedy is what happened during the 1918 influenza pandemic in which roughly 50 million people are thought to have perished. That's not good. It's a lot of people. And you've got to remember that's, I think that was the Spanish flu. And I'm I thought sure... at the times to match up. I thought yeah. the Spanish flu was in nineteen seventeen. Fifty million people in nineteen eighteen. Crazy. When the population much lower than it is now in the world. That, yeah, that is crazy. I think you've you've nailed it. It is crazy. <laughs> so the last myth here: any vaccine will be unsafe and a bigger risk than nineteen. <laughs> we're back it says here conspiracy theories about potential vaccines have circulated among anti-vax groups and in viral videos in pandemic Mikovits, remember Mikovits from before falsely claims yeah. that any COVID-19 vaccine will quotation marks kill millions and that other vaccines have done so Another conspiracy theory asserts that Bill Gates has a secret plan to use vaccines to implant trackable microchips in people. Gates has denied the claim, 
which is not supported by evidence. Well, I mean, I, I, I was expecting the conspiracy theories to be, be, to be a bit better than implant trackable microchips through vaccines. That seems a bit extreme. Yeah, no, it's a very extreme. Uh, I don't know how one would go about implanting chips through a vaccine. Then again, we're not putting billions of dollars in 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 researching it, Ben. Like obviously, Gates is doing. <laughs> so, with right, I'm gonna read through these. Not read through them, but I'm gonna look at them. I'm gonna out with the. I think there was three conspiracies in there, and do you believe any of them? Okay. So we have, let me go to the top, we have the vaccine, the Bill Gates vaccine, we have the lab theory, the novel coronavirus was engineered in the lab, and we have the wealthy elites wanting purposely for money and power. Do you believe in any of those? Not really. The only one that I could really see some truth in with the information that we have right now is the originated in a lab because uh, there's been there's been people that have said it has and they've claimed they've got evidence and apparently the where Wuhan where the virus originated from hasn't released like any information of like how it started. Yeah. So people could like link the two things together and say it had been created in a lab, whether it be by mistake or on purpose, and just don't want to let anyone know you. We've also got that uh, whenever somebody tends to say something interesting, sometimes you don't hear from them ever again. And uh, somewhere like China, that's that's kind of a very closed circle, you know, they don't like much getting You just think, no. there, if, if anybody would... You just think it could be China. <laughs> so, actually, it's some more statistics here for you. So, there was this um, research website, Pew Research Center. Now, they've actually got a prize, which is used for great research. It's given to, to researchers, I think. I think it's the Peabody. They might... No, that's, that, that was my podcast. I looked at my Ignore that. It, it's trustworthy, put it that way. Okay. And they did a study among 9,654 Americans, and they say that 25% are pro-COVID conspiracy. So a quarter of that 9,500... No, 9,654 people, 25% of those are pro-COVID conspiracy. So you just said you don't really believe in them. One has some kind of evidence, you could say. But 25% of that 9,000 said, yes, yes, it's a conspiracy. How does that make you feel? They're adults, by the way. US adults, I forgot to mention. No kids. No babies. So, 25% of 9,600 people? Yeah. 20% 20 of them said there probably is. 
and five percent said there definitely is. That's it's a lot of people that believe there's some sort of conspiracy theory. Um, how does that make me feel? Shows they could read reading lots of things about COVID. Some may be true, some may not be true. They might just choose to believe things based based on what they see from like Facebook, for example, like yep. what they hear from the friends. Mm-hmm. But from an overall sample of nine thousand people, it's quite it's quite a small sample size if you compare it to like yeah. the entire population of America. They don't know how they got that. Does he say how they get that nine thousand people? I think it was it was like sent through emails and uh, the post the postal service. It'll be like a, mm. it was a, a sort of ticky box type thing. That's, that's fair enough. So now, you might have only sent out in an area where like loads of people believe in COVID conspiracies. You don't really know, but it is a quite big number when you when you think about it. It is. So I've got one here, which is closer at home. UK studies, right? Did a study. Twenty five hundred small sample size but you got to remember this was during lockdown as well you can't exactly go out in the street and just ask people exactly yeah no volunteer samples yeah a fifth a fifth of you said COVID-19 the hoax 20% of 2500 so that's you know I'm a mathematician but that's fine for people <laughs> That is 500 people that believe it's a hoax. And you've just got to think. Uh, yes, over, let's say, they somehow managed to get the whole UK population. Yes, it would be a lower percentage. But you still got to think it would be the same percentile. That's a lot of people. 500 out of 2,500. That is. So this was, this was sent out in, like, lockdown. Yep. By Oxford University, and the boffins there said, "Yep, they did the they did the research, they got it back, and that was five hundred people out of twenty five hundred." Now the problem is with this information, it is I think in a sense shocking, but one of the sources I uh, looked at for this was the Independent, and the title literally was one one fifth of Britain's believe that COVID-19 was a hoax. Now, if someone reads that, the study was on 2,500 people, and they're saying that if everybody could in the UK took part in this poll, that the percentile would be the exact same. Now, I'm saying, when I, I literally told you that, you know, it might go, it would probably go down a bit, it's pretty much guaranteed. And they're saying... They're sticking to 20%. They're sticking to across however many 40 million. That it would still be 20%. Now I've told you that 25% in the US across almost 10,000 people and 2,500 in the UK and you still got 20% there in the UK. That does, I mean, you do start to think there's quite a lot of people believe in these COVID conspiracies across the world. 
There is. The, uh, I didn't think... I like, I'd like to know why, like, a reason behind it. Like, surely... Because I think... Let me start again. Because surely... Um, I just wonder, like, where the same information I think. You know what? I don't think COVID's real anymore. Or just never believed in the first place. Because from what I see on the news or what I read, it's like lots of like scientific research that I've said it is real and how it can damage you. And you can see that by like the death rate in all the countries and what the precautions and measures that each country's had to take in order to face the virus. I mean, you can even see in stock footage, news footage, B-roll, you can see when you go into a hospital, you see people on ventilators, you see people who come out. I mean, do you remember when everyone used to get a round of applause and a clap for coming out of hospitals? I don't know if you've seen that before. And you see people and they look pale, thin, they look out of breath, just walking. Some of them don't walk, some of them are sat in a wheelchair because they have so little strength. And there's people who tell you time and time again it's a hoax and that they won't get it and this it's for control of power and for money it's i think it's a bit stupid and that is me trying to be as unbiased as possible and i'm still willing to say that agreed uh linking back to like the hospital thing i remember reading some from a professional football player pepe reina so he's an athlete so obviously he will be has to be healthy in order to perform at the highest level and I remember reading he said he had difficulty breathing for like 25 minutes and if you're a professional athlete um, something's got to be wrong and something's got to exist like coronavirus that could just cause you to have difficulty breathing for 25 minutes when usually you'd be fine yes that's that's 25 minutes and that's somebody who has you know like you said pretty much peak levels of fitness now, just imagine yeah. every somebody who you know doesn't prioritize exercise. That's going to be very tough. And I think, to be honest, I think in this this interview, this podcast, we've made some good points. I think I had a nice discussion. Have you got any final words? Anything else to say about COVID or in general? Um, I'm quite surprised at the the information that that you've shared. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I didn't think a lot of people would believe in like all these hoaxes with like what I think is a lack of evidence to support those claims. Uh-huh. So that basically what I would like to know is if I wanted to know like one thing after this would be where these people see their information that makes them believe that COVID is a hoax. Ideally I'd love to track down somebody who wasn't hostile <laughs> and believed in these conspiracy theories and just talked to them. Um, obviously, that's going to be hard to do over the internet. And plus, I, I mean, I don't know who I'm going to be talking with. I don't know. They'll probably steal my credit card information or something because of that crew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much why I decided to interview you. You're trustworthy. I've known you for ages. We easily have conversations, and I think that's reflected because this was pretty smooth. I, I enjoyed doing this. I want to thank you, Ben, for your patience. Um, to say you know, well done for me, uh, Microsoft Teams, and we're trying to do this on Zoom and Discord, and 
No, but also <laughs> eventually settled to do this on Anchor, which I was provided by uh, the college. They turned me on to Anchor. So, yep, I've read all my notes here. Um, I think that's that's all we need to do. So I want uh, I want to thank you, Ben. Thank the guest. I want to thank uh, anybody who stayed here to listen to all this. Um, and yes, I think I will see you uh, when I make my next podcast. Uh, this was really an interview, but my next set of podcasts, which are going to be interviewing my parents about this, pretty much the same questions. And I'm going to be doing my video. So thank you, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun talking about <laughs> these relevant issues today. No problem. Anytime. And thank you, audience. I will see you. Goodbye. <laughs>